to Play on K, the Korean drama podcast with Emily and Raquel. And this is the show where we take a K-drama, we watch it four to eight episodes at a time, and then we get together here every week to talk about it. Yes, this week we watched the final eight episodes, or the final four hours, of Spring Turns to Spring. Woo! We finished it! We finished it, and now I don't have to do different math anymore <laughs> until the next, uh, what is it, Kokawa? Uh, I don't know if it's a Kokawa problem. I think they're a streaming site, a lot like Vicky, that just has a lot of shows. I've never used them, but mm. perhaps all of their dramas are split in half. How would I know? I should have researched this. Yeah, I think that's what Amelia said, but I'm not sure. I don't remember now. It's been a whole week since we read her email. She taught us, and then, like all knowledge, it entered my brain and immediately exited. <laughs> I have no recall anymore. Thanks, internet. Thanks, internet. We'll look it up later. Um, yeah, until our next 30-minute drama. This one was very cute. I really liked the ending. It dragged on for a long, long time. There were like they three did. episodes where the same thing happened over and over again. Yeah, they did an interesting thing in the last hour, wherein... They played the Who Is It Really game with uh, Bomi and Lee Bomb. And I don't know. I... <laughs> it was just weird. Why are you doing this? Yeah. <laughs> just, you I, I guess the answer anyways. I guess it was kind of clever. Looking back, I guess it was kind of obvious. Like when they both first woke up. They were definitely not themselves. But, but in okay. Just like, the slightest ways, I feel like. Yeah. I think I'm just grumpy that they <laughs> decided to go full circle in that they're like, we're still switching, but we're still not telling anybody. And I'm like, that's not the full circle we were supposed to go. Like, tell Siwon that her mom is switching bodies, please. She needs that stability. Yeah, we already found out that she's going to be really cool about it. And we already found out that she loves you no matter what. And honestly, Bomi has a little bit accepted Suwon as her daughter anyway. Do you remember that part? Where she was just like, that's my daughter too. And I was like, oh, two moms, congrats. (laughs) It's hard because it was really cute, but it was during all the memory loss stuff. So it kind of made me, you know, a little bit freaked out and a little bit sad of like losing your own awareness of yourself and maybe morphing into another person versus actively deciding like Siwon is my daughter too I have gone through so much with her and I've had so many conversations with her that I love her like a daughter and I couldn't tell which of those it was so it's kind of like eerie of like is this her active decision to love Siwon, or is this her becoming Lee Bomb? Because that one's kind of sad. Right? Is this uh, sci- scientific-caused dementia? Or is this because you have come to really care for her, and you want to see her do good in this world? Hmm. We and not be kidnapped know. for the 800th time. Wow, she got kidnapped quite a bit. How many times can you be kidnapped, bud? 
Remember when you were pretty worried about her being kidnapped in that one episode, but it didn't matter because it was only a problem for like 10 minutes, and then they were like, you know, we didn't make this kidnapping thing go on for long enough. Let's have her kidnapped again. <laughs> they they really don't stick with dramatic moments in this show. I mean, there was that scene at the very end of, like, the cliffhanger of the last four hours that we watched where they lose their memories, and you're like, no, this is such a crucial moment. Like, Lee Baum forgets that her daughter was kidnapped, and Bomi is live on the air forgetting that she is talking to a witness who is about to expose this huge corruption case that they've worked so hard to expose, and then, like... 30 seconds later, they remember. It's cool. They're done. We were just here for the cliffhanger, honestly. What we (laughs) wanted to do was have a cliffhanger, but not lasting drama. This is the show of cliffhangers. They will happen at the end of episodes, in the middle of episodes, really at any time. But we don't prolong it. It's not a very high cliff. Nope. We jump right down and we get on with our lives. Until we find a new one. But okay. Simon needs to know that you guys are switching bodies again. That's not fair. I'm not okay with that ending. Yeah, she has a lot to deal with. I guess she's going to be a K-drama star now, right? Yeah, that's the impression I got. That's She's following in her mother's footsteps, which, precious. And also, why wouldn't you, if offered the opportunity... Who wouldn't? Who would be like, nah, I think I'll be a police officer. Thank you. Like, yeah, police officer is a very honorable job. There are so many careers that you should pursue if you are driven to pursue them. But wow, who doesn't want that money and fame? That good, good money and fame. Also, if K-dramas, which could be your choice here, have taught me anything... It's that cops are usually corrupt. (laughs) Anyone in any sort of law. We don't trust them. We don't don't trust trust attorneys. We don't trust assemblymen. We don't trust cops. We don't trust... Trust no one. Trust nobody. Except... I don't know. There's been been people in positions of authority in all K-dramas that have turned out very bad, you know? So... Trust journalists? I feel like there's a lot of K-dramas centered around uh, what righteous journalism is what they called it in this show. Yeah. I think of, like, Healer. I think of Spring Turns to Spring. I think of um, While You Were Sleeping. Was she a journalist? Yeah, she was a journalist and he was a lawyer. So okay. can't trust him, but we can trust her. <laughs> she was the reason he became good, I think. If I I mean, it's been god, 2 years. Who can remember that far? I don't know. I can't even remember an email I read last week. <laughs> but we also watch a lot of shows about good prosecutors, and I feel like the prosecutors in this show were vigilante law enforcement, and I loved it for this show because Everything in this show is ridiculous, and also they were always after Assemblyman Park. I guess they did kidnap Lee Baum that one time, though. 
I don't know. The prosecutors in this show were just buck wild and they were after everybody. And I'm like, I don't think you're allowed to do that. I don't think you can make arrests. I don't think that's what this is. (laughs) I watched a suspicious partner. I'm pretty sure I know (laughs) what the job of a prosecutor is. And I think it's not arrests, but I don't know. Maybe like, you know how in U.S. law there's like power of attorney which I don't, I, from what I can understand, is when someone who is not present allows their attorney to sign stuff for them and say this is how they would like their uh, will and decisions enacted. Um, but in this case, it's power of police work. And the attorneys <laughs> say, listen, the police would be on my side here. Pretty sure. We are on the right side of the law, so do what I say. We're all the law here. <laughs> um, what an odd ending for Park Yun Chol. Yeah. He really had a mental break there. He did. With no redemption. There was no mental break, but with like the signs of life, I guess. <laughs> Not entirely corrupted life. It was just him verbally abusing his mom. That was the hardest part, was when his mom, I know she later kind of came back and was like, no, judge, go ahead and give him the worst sentence you can come up with. But at the at the time that she was uh, saying that she would go to jail for him because clearly his morals are her fault, you know, there's a certain direction you can take with parenting wherein you can say, my child would never make any of these choices without my input. But, you know, there's some people that just... It's not your fault, Mom. It's not your fault, cute Mom. It's his fault. 100%. It's his fault. Mm-hmm. But compare and contrast his storyline of being homeless, like stealing from the homeless. Whoa, yeah. <laughs> and then <laughs> yelling at his mom. And then going to prison and sending death threats to his ex-wife versus Sojin, who I'm going to say should also have been arrested for embezzlement and kidnapping. Just going to put those crimes on the table. But she, you see her working at Lee Bomb's company at the end as a cleaner. And she's kind of getting low-key bullied by her coworkers. But she's like, you know what? This is the only job I'm ever going to have. I'm going to work really hard at it and, yeah, try and redeem myself in society. I was like, that's really cool. I can appreciate a villain who was caught up in their circumstances, got a little carried away with the prospect of money and power, and was like, once it all fell apart, for real, for real, once you hit rock bottom, you're like, I have got to... Work my way up one step at a time. I also feel like Sunjin, we hate her, of course. She's a monster nightmare. But also, I think she genuinely loved the Assemblyman. Yeah. I think that there was actual love on her side of things. Uh, on his side of things, I think it was literally just fun for him to have an affair and uh, use her to get the money out of the foundation. And so 
you know, you feel for her in the way that she was also, among other things, like among her own greed and her clouded vision of like what it means to be successful, I guess. Um, at the end of the day, she also was promised love. And we can't really be like super mad that she was manipulated to that extent because obviously he was a master manipulator. Yeah. So, I don't know. I thought it was good that they gave her a little bit of redemption, wherein she was a mess for sure, but she was the one that said, hey, by the way, there's more money. He's gonna try and get away with it. And then she went and she got a job. Mm-hmm. Tried to rejoin society. Mm-hmm. Working from the bottom up. Like, Started That's at right. the bottom, now we're back at the bottom. <laughs> As that Drake song goes. <laughs> Classic Drake song. He's deep. Mm-hmm. I think he was writing about K-dramas, so... Whoa. He really hit joke. the nail on the head. I'm editing this out. I'm a mess. <laughs> this isn't comedy. <laughs> what is this? Rap. Poor rap. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, the two the two contrasting endings were very interesting because I thought, like, throughout most of the K drama, I hated her more than Park Yoon Chol, and they really they really had a turnaround at the end there, where they're like, no, she's not actually a bad person. She is a product of circumstances. She is making a lot of poor choices and. Really going hard on the backstabbing of her best friend, which is most of what I held against her. But Park Yun-chol is a master manipulator. He actively does not care for anybody. He is trying to sell his daughter for like four episodes straight. Hey, you're the worst. You win. You win the probably worst k-drama villain award because there's nothing likable or redeemable about you and you're not even a badass you're just pathetic yeah hey, bruh you deserve what you get <laughs> watch that money burn watch go that mom money burn. i'm glad you drank that formula that gave you hives yeah you're stupid i really i wrote a list trying to track who had which formula at what time I lost track so many times I have no idea where those things were going yeah there was a point in time when I definitely lost track of the blue one and I think the CIA had it but I can't be sure because it also feels like maybe they didn't it's that thing where like thinking back on it I can picture both bottles so clearly that anybody could have either one I think the CIA had the blue one, and then Bomil stole it. Yeah, Bomil snuck it out when he ran away, put it in the fridge. Sojin stole it. They stole it from her. Boom. <laughs> I love the CIA so much. Oh my god, they were such a mess. I for a minute though, for a real minute, I thought that my prediction. It wasn't a prediction at the time. Oh, I can't even pretend like I predicted it so much as wished it to happen. But I thought that that whole thing where I was convinced the CIA would kill the assemblyman, I thought that that was going to happen for a second. I mean, they had a gun to his head. And I'm going to take it as being a 
The first play on K successful prediction. <laughs> You're going to take that one? That one counts? <laughs> we'll take it. <laughs> Amazing. Um, Here's hoping. I really did not expect them to shoot Bum Sam, and they did. Yeah, dang. Uh, Bum Sam's character got significantly better after he adopted a lot of Bumil's attributes. Yeah. I am not sure how I feel about the switch of those two, but I think I'm happy with it because they seemed very happy with it. Yeah, like it was working out. They were making it work. They were a partnership. Yeah. Uh, and, you know... Bommel accepted losing his singing pretty gracefully, because I would have been really bummed if I had had ever in my life been able to sing, and then I became who I am today, which is a person who cannot sing. <laughs> I was thinking his intelligence. It's crazy to think of being so intelligent your whole life, and going to school for so many years, and then you work at this high-tech scientific facility for so many years to the extent that you can memorize the formula composition of this freaking insane potion that you make <laughs> and then to be like man I can't even remember my telephone number anymore you'd think that would be so crushing but he's like man this is freeing like what a nice little life I'm going to have. Just being able to fix toys for kids and put a smile on their face. Was So was Bob Sam's talent that he was able to uh, fix toys? Was that we never knew, thing? but yes. <laughs> they, I mean, it's that thing where like we can't read Korean, so it might have been right on the door the whole time of like a technology fix-up shop, because... Once he fixes the toy, I finally notice there's, like, a thousand old radios and, like, VCRs and AC units behind them. And I was like, oh, he's like a repair shop. That's what they do for it. That's what he does for a living. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's never open, so I never knew. Yeah, and then they did a swap. They just did a skill swap. It was the side effect of their potion. Was just like, here, you take singing, I'll take repair. Here we go. I'm here for it. Bump Sam's living his best life as Mr. Chan or whatever. Yep, and Bommel is making children smile, so... Mm-hmm. Honestly, yeah, I feel like Bommel was a pretty pure character, and I didn't really see it much because he was so caught up in just the hijinks of making potions and being caught by the CIA. Okay, can we talk about how the CIA kidnapped Bomil and Bomsam and took them to that one storage unit or whatever and then they kidnapped Sun... or Sorry, no. They kidnapped uh, Bomi and Lee Bom and took them to the same unit, I'm pretty sure. It was the same set, so... Yeah, I think they only have one storage unit. That because they didn't have a big budget, the no, CIA. The CIA, like, people track them very easily to that storage unit. There are so many times that people break into that place to try and steal these formulas and break out. And, like, it is not a secure place. We had the whole team there at one point. Like, every <laughs> every person's team. Yep. 
there was a big uh free for all at the hey free for all at the CIA storage unit. Meet us there, ten p.m. Remember when they raided the storage unit and Lee Bomb and Bummy got their potions back and then went outside and climbed some hay bales yeah. and everybody just fought in the hay and Anastasia and Dr. Alex or whatever his name was just like watched them like, oh no, they got the potions. <laughs> they, they at one point literally just grabbed their heads and just went, oh, oh no. <laughs> they spent all their budget on one gun and then could yeah. not afford anything else in Korea. That was honestly the funniest part of maybe the whole K-drama was just okay, I don't want to throw too much shade, but I do want to throw a little bit of shade because it kind of gives a callback to like the non-Korean actors of Descendants of the Sun where I remember at one point we were pained <laughs> by the performance of all of these extras that just weren't Korean. I couldn't even say necessarily where they were from. They they all spoke English, though. All of the English-speaking actors in Spring Turns to Spring also gave comedic performances. <laughs> I'm gonna give them that. And I then... mean, 8 out of 10 didn't have lines. They just had to run around and like try and catch people. Mm -hmm. Which they did poorly, and I love that. Good for you guys for being so bad at your one job. But, yeah. Yeah, we had two that had a lot of acting put on their shoulders that they were maybe not prepared for. Do you think they just find, like, college students and tourists? <laughs> like, hey, we need someone. Or do you think there's, like, somewhere you go online where you can... Uh, like audition for the these very unusual spare roles because like i remember also there were a lot of non-asian parts in goblin i think most people call it guardian now we still call it goblin mm -hmm. for a throwback to 2017 um but yeah they would go to hotels and restaurants and stuff yeah and there was always someone there that had Two lines. Just tossed in two lines. And I just feel like it's a very different pool of actors, like them drawing secondary and tertiary leads of K-dramas and then, or like out of Korean talent agencies versus where they go to find all of these white actors. Or yeah, just non-Asian actors. I feel actors. like it's gotta be a little bit of both. I'm gonna say they probably pull from acting agencies but okay so I watched a k-drama called Murim School and I was just looking at the title because I totally forgot Murim School <laughs> and it had a lot of foreign actors as the teachers and they I've seen in a couple other things as well and they're phenomenal actors like they're just great actors like they do fine but then, yeah, you see other shows like this one that you're like, are they really actors? Or yeah, are they like, they're on student visa? What's happening? <laughs> I'm not sure. Like, yeah. I mean, Anastasia is beautiful and I could look Super at her pretty. all day. Super pretty. So like, and I liked... great casting in that way. 
Yeah, I liked her like heavily charcoaled eyes, but blonde hair look. I've always been a fan of that. Big fan of Margot from the Royal Tenenbaums, so that stuck with me for this one. <laughs> Played by Gwyneth Paltrow. Look at you, Anastasia. You're doing the most. Mm-hmm. But then every so often, the acting would not quite be there. I don't know. Sorry. Yeah, no shade. I don't know. Like, I know that it's hard to say no shade after we've thrown this much shade. <laughs> I think but... it's just hard when the other, like, the Korean actors in this show did an astounding job. Yeah. Anything like... that was overacted, for example, everything Bomi does, was so intentionally overacted because that was just who Bomi was. Yeah. It was all very authentic. And they switched characters so flawlessly throughout the entire drama that, I don't know, perhaps we're wrong about this whole thing and perhaps they were like, okay, CIA, you're supposed to be the funniest characters by far. Go crazy, go stupid. Like, do not even pretend to be serious for a moment. Just act as your heart desires. Maybe that was the instruction on set. Who knows? Who's to say? I wasn't there. (laughs) But yeah, I think the premise of them was they were supposed to be serious and very scary. And I think they were, they moved away from that. They were removed from those kind of tense feelings into the comedy zone that this show was really safe with. Yep, this show definitely, if anything became particularly serious, this show canceled it pretty quick yeah i think the most serious moment we had was that moment between park yun chol and his mom where she's burning his money it was actually jarring because it was the we got to the final episode or the final hour i can't remember what part that was at but we got so close to the end and that was the first true i guess prolonged serious moment Because usually they did not let it go that far, but they let that one play out. They just let it go. And I was surprised. I was, I kept waiting for someone to end it with something ridiculous. Even like Bomi and Lee Bom jumping Yoon Chol and starting to beat him. I was like, this is not the moment for that. I know you're trying to make this funny again, but it kind of just feels depressing to beat this man who's having such problems with his mom right now. Yeah, in front of his mom. Who... In front of his mom, who jumps on top of him. Yeah, who's advocating for him so hard that she's taking responsibility for all of the terrible things he's pulled. That's such a beautiful moment. It, Yeah, it couldn't be comical, which was surprising. I think even Bomi parting with her mom, which was another pretty beautiful moment in this drama where you can tell there's a lot of forgiveness and a lot of like hurt feelings have been resolved where she's like you you did something for me you're almost like a mom now and her mom is like I took a glove so that you could have a glove and I can have a glove and it'll be like we're holding hands no matter how far apart we are (laughs) it's like so cheesy but such a perfect line for their relationship Yes, I was really stoked with Bomi's reaction 
to that though because I kind of felt it where she started gagging and she just said just give me something you have don't make it weird (laughs) it was so perfectly comical and beautiful I thought they did a really good job with that scene Mm -hmm. we say farewell to James who is now in the army I guess yeah didn't didn't really mention it before it happened did we Nope. Did I miss that? He's just gone now. Um, at one point, he kind of is a hero in that he refuses to leave uh, Siwan alone when she gets kidnapped. That was really cute. Really weird moment. And mm-hmm. really cute how he's just like, okay, I'll get in a cab. And then <laughs> her dad is like, we're going to get on an airplane. We're going to leave the country. And he's like, an airplane? I've never been on an airplane. <laughs> But <laughs> that's actually he's a hero, honestly, because that's hilarious. I would love to see a real life moment of someone stopping a kidnapping by just being there. <laughs> just being like, I've never been on an airplane. Wait, sir, I don't think you can get on an airplane. I'm pretty sure they're going to flag you at the airport. They're going to flag you. It might just be me and Siwan on this one. You sit this one out. <laughs> We're going to check out the airplane. We'll go, maybe we'll go to America and we'll wait for all of this to chill out. Okay. Oh, such a precious boy. He really, he really shined in these last four episodes. Yeah. Remember back in the day when we wondered why he was even here? I kind of still do, admittedly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But he had so many cute moments with Siwan where I was so worried they were going to do the like, She's turning into adult, and all she wants is a boy kind of storyline. But they, they were like, not. no, she comes into her own. They go to an audition together, and she gets the part instead of him, and he's like, this is amazing. Congratulations. You're so good. He's such a pure boy. I did think that was going to be a moment of conflict. Yeah. And instead, he just turned her, turned it around. He supported, you know what? James supports women. James supports women. Look at you, bud. So it's, yeah, it's kind of bittersweet to be like, maybe he gave up on his dreams of being an actor and an idol, and that's why he went to the military so soon, where I think a lot of actors postpone that until they get in their stride a little bit in their career. But maybe he'll come back and keep pursuing his dream. I hope so. I hope so too. We're gonna make a spin-off show about James because Yeah. He did nothing in this show. How we do in every bonus episode where we do spin-offs. What if spin-off James starts to trade places with a famous Korean actor and then he realizes he his real dreams were to become a bookstore owner all along. Yeah, that'd be really cute. He just wanted to sell... Oh my god, remember the bookstore owner? She came back? <laughs> what? I had fully forgotten about her existence and how we came to own this bookstore where that was an actual headquarters for illegal activity, journalism, you <laughs> name it. They were there. And then she was there. Suddenly she too was also there. Yeah. She has a gambling problem. That's fine. Um, she did a really good job 
in her first con. Or maybe yeah. it's not her first con. I get the feeling it wasn't. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you definitely get the feeling that she's used to conning men. That seems to be maybe a little bit of why her store was always full. But also, I don't know, she just wasn't enough of a character at the beginning to make any assumptions about her. It seemed like she was kind of leading Mr. Bong on, but everyone else she seemed to pretty well ignore. Like, whatever. Yeah. She seemed kind of attached to James. I could never quite figure that out. But... Yeah, but it was cute in a way. What? <laughs> Why is she back? Why did she exist? I don't know. Is she a bus stop girl because she helped with that con? I feel like she's not she good enough so many... to be a bus stop girl. Yeah, she had so many lines, you know? Mm. And also, she wasn't a good person. Bus stop girl is a great person. Yeah. Bus stop girl is a pure soul. Yeah, in the most lo- low-key way possible. Yeah. <laughs> what a fun show. It was very good. I hope it didn't sound like we were trashing on it. I think our favorite part of any K-drama is to pick it apart and be like, none of this makes sense. Yep, and some K-dramas make it easy for us. For example, Spring Turns to Spring did make it very easy for us. That's where the fun lies. I loved it. Thank you so much, Amelia. Yeah, thank you. And if y'all have any other thoughts or feelings that you wanted to share too, uh, give us a little shout. We've got a couple of places. Uh, Did you have anything else you wanted to say before we did the housekeeping? Nope, housekeeping. Awesome. So the first place to chat with us is our email. We love to get emails from you guys. We'll totally email back. Uh, It's going to be playonkpodcast at gmail.com. We also have our website where you can leave a comment directly on the episodes. You can sign up for our newsletter to hear when we watch a new show and hear everything that I watched in a month. Also, you can find a link to our Patreon on there. It is playonk.com. Yeah, check out our Patreon. We are doing watch parties. We've reorganized everything. We've got some different tier levels than we did before. If you hop on over there, you can see all the rewards you get for being a $5 subscriber or just toss us a dollar a month and we'll give you a shout out and we'll really appreciate your support. Uh, And that is just patreon.com slash playonk. And like Em said, there's also a link to it. Um, we are on a couple of social media sites. We're on Instagram at PlayOnKPodcast, and we are on Twitter at PlayOnK, and you can find us at either of those to just give us a hey, say what you're watching, tell us if you're listening to the podcast. We love to hear from you there. Yeah, and then we also are on multiple podcast streaming platforms uh you can find us itunes spotify blueberry stitcher and if you are a fan of us there are a couple of places that i just mentioned that you can give us ratings and reviews and we'd really appreciate it it helps us get on the charts yeah thank you as always to james hevel and scoo dm on fiverr for our theme songs we love them and we love you Yes, we love them, and we love you, and we love all of you. Thank you so much for listening. Join us uh, next week for... The bonus episode. The bonus episode. I wasn't sure. I don't know why. (laughs) (laughs) 